joining me as always, the president of the South Philly Emory and the Criterion Nigerian Ethiopia. It's not or Samara. I have bruised ribs, so I can't smoke meth on the pod like I usually do. What's that in China, boy? Uh, not much, man. How you doing? <laughs> Pretty good. Um, not your uh, your ribs are hurt, huh? Just a scooch. Don't make me laugh, you piece of shit. Okay, I will be unfunny. Or cry or cough. It's all the same thing. Or shit. Okay. It's gonna be really hard for for me to make you cough, but I'll do the best I can. Uh, you make me shit much easier than you make me cough. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. Today on this episode, we will be discussing the 2004, 2002 uh, sequel to The Santa Claus, The Santa Claus 2. And in our buffering segment, we will be going into the year 2002 with the winter season of said year. Nader. Yep. What's going on, man? How you been? Real bad. Ribs. Bruised. Horrible. You want to speak on that? Uh, Yeah. So I don't know how because I am i don't exercise and I'm just a little boy. Uh, but I And we're also trapped in uh, <laughs> our apartments. Yeah, sure. I mean, I guess. I think it was either lifting plants or working out for the first time in eight months or, the, or, the, or those two combined. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, your boy's chest is in pieces, I would say. You said you were a little boy. Always have been. Always will be. Uh, but you, but you want to be a big boy. It, uh, yes, a big kid. But yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I mean that makes sense to me, guys. This is episode forty-two. Jerry of the Stackhouse, stream, the Mariano Rivera, Jackie Robinson episode. You got it, Smokey Robinson. Maybe we should tell uh, them about the Smokey Robinson thing. I don't know. Well, I would do want to wish everyone a happy Chinooka. Got to. Got to. <laughs> Fake Mark Ruffalo flying the plane. Aram Borelis. What are we talking about? The Santa Claus what? My chest hurts so much. Huh? Can we talk? Do you want to talk about Happy Chinooka? Happy what? Happy Chinooka. What is that? Smokey Robinson. Do you really not know about this? No. Okay, so uh, are you familiar with the service Cameo? Yeah. Uh, so someone bought a Cameo from Smokey Robinson. And um, they asked him to, you know, wish their family member a happy Hanukkah. And he's reading it, and he goes, I just want to say uh, happy Chinooka. I don't know what Chinooka is, but I uh, hope you have a good one. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a real thing that just happened. Did you... <laughs> I thought you were referencing Smokey Robinson because of it. No, it's one of the first, my first quote and the first funny line of this movie is, maybe we should tell them about the Smokey Robinson thing. Guys in the plane. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a hell of a way to connect the two dots, though. Man, we're really good at our jobs. Yeah, what a what an unintentional, uh, awesome coincidence. Uh, <laughs> you're Arela, I'm Borelis. I would like everyone to Google Smokey Robinson Happy Hanukkah when you get the moment and give yourself a nice little chuckle. Hey, Margo, how you doing? Surprise, surprise. This is Smokey Robinson. I know you didn't expect to hear from me. But I was contacted by your sons, Jeff and Jarrah, and they wanted me, they told me that you used to live in Detroit across the street from me, and gosh, that's, that's beautiful. Um, how are you doing again? <laughs> nice talking to you again, I guess. But anyway, you're living in Vancouver now, and they wanted me to wish you happy Chinooka. I have no idea what Chinooka is, but happy Chinooka 
<laughs> because they said so. Anyway, God bless you, babe, and enjoy Chinooka. Have a wonderful time. Hey, Nader. Yeah. I know you can find someone wonderful to spend the rest of your life with. Don't let the facts that you have no time, no prospects, and a paralyzing feel of intimacy get you down. We watch the Santa Claus. He's the greatest Santa the world has ever known. I love what you guys do, thinking outside the box. Thanks, Santa. You're the man. Well, they gave me the big belly. He's made his list and checked it twice, but he forgot to read. The single most important detail in the history of Christmas. The fine print. I've got to get married? Yes. It's Mrs. Claus. Disney Pictures. Judd Hirsch is a motivational speaker. <laughs> the clothing is incredible. The kid's pretty dumb looking. He's got a, he seems to, to be growing into one of those punchable faces. That's a shame at such a young age. Um, but he's going down. You know, Rock'em Sock'em Robot style. Word to that Rock'em Sock'em Robot scene. Uh, this movie is genuinely hilarious. I'm so surprised at how funny everything is. Uh, I don't want to get too much into it because most of it is quotes, but... I'll say this, and I'll leave it, John. They whitewash David Krumholtz's hair. Santa Claus, too. Nailed it. Got it in one. Nader, this is the sequel to the Santa Claus, mm -hmm. eight years later. Yep. Uh, essentially the same exact cast, minus, I mean, with a couple of additions. Um, this was, I like, you mentioned it a little bit there. This was a lot funnier than I thought it was going to be. Oh, yeah. Um, this is a different director and all this stuff. Um, a little, there's some weird stuff going on here, but for the most part, uh, this movie is, it's got a very lot of cheesy, uh, children stuff, but in between the main plot cheesiness, a lot of funny, surprisingly the, the lines of dialogue that are written as jokes on this movie, I would say have like a 75 to 80%, like, like hitting average. Like just, just most jokes, most of the jokes are just funny. It just, it's, it's really, it's easy to explain. Like, I don't want to overhype or underhype this movie. I can just say that from a comedy standpoint, when they're trying to make you laugh, it mostly works. Um, and and sometimes uh, it'll be completely nonverbal. Like the the way the evil Santa Claus smiles when he looks back at Curtis is insane. No dialogue. It's just the craziest smile you've ever seen in your life. All right. Well, let's get some like just some broad based plot points going on here. Um, this is eight years after the fact and uh, uh, of the first movie, and um, Tim Allen as Santa Claus is uh, realizes there's a Mrs. Claus Claus. A lot of fun wordplay in these movies. They love it. But uh, so he needs to get married before Christmas, or otherwise he will uh, forfeit being Santa. So um, in a way to keep things going at the North Pole and find him, him able to find a wife, he uh, they they clone him into a toy <laughs> and he gets he goes back to his hometown oh it's also because his kids on the naughty list so he's got to address that and uh the toy takes over and becomes a essentially a tyrant <laughs> and then turns the factory he wants to follow things everything by the book it starts getting a little too uh big for his britches and the um the real Tim Allen is looking to find a wife as he's slowly turning back into Tim Allen unless into the, the actual um, Santa Claus himself. So his beard goes away, his uh, fat's going away, and um, he can only use so much magic before he can turn away, and then obviously at the end everything gets resolved. Uh, just so people have an idea what we're talking about. Nailed it. 
Got it in 11, 12? Who knows? You, re- yeah, you ready for the quotes? Yeah, let me lay some quotes on here. Curtis, you're 900 years old. Wake up. <laughs> uh, no, it's, it's uh, stop acting like a child. Stop acting like a child. Uh, why do I have that? You're right. That's weird. Uh, Elfcon 1 through 5 and the little animation next to it. Oh, my God. Incredible. And you know what? I'll, credit to them. They got the DEFCONs proper. Cause Cause exactly. You got to go low. That DEFCON 5 is the highest DEFCON, which is actually the lowest, and DEFCON 1 is the most uh, like immediate danger. I think this movie may have taught that to the military. Next quote, I got, you guys aren't even elves. You're wizards. Every time I run this play, you see it coming. <laughs> It's the greatest football. That's Herm Edwards in right there. Uh, designer. I have some. I have some questions about that football. Let's talk. Game. Let's talk. Let's talk. Pickskin. What's up, buddy? Uh, what game were they playing? Where seemingly it was all the elves versus Santa. I think they were playing a fair game of football, John. I think that's what they were playing. <laughs> and then when the, the the toy Santa is playing them, and he's just laying them all out, it's yeah, pretty fun. That that's more of a not fair game of football. Yes, exactly. All right. Next point. Designer beard card. Wow. Sheen? I thought he straightened out. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> uh, as he's reading the Santa Claus 2, uh, in the middle of it, he's like, not valid in the state of Utah. <laughs> yeah. Love that. Yeah, that's good. Uh, John, uh, America's favorite segment. Hit me. Nodder. What did you think was racist in this film? Very simple. Sandman is black. That's it. Moving on. John, what did you think was homophobic in this movie? Uh, only one thing I thought was kind of homophobic is when um, the Tooth Fairy, mm-hmm. aka the Molinator, yep. or Roy, uh, says, "Or Roy, don't forget Roy," says to um, Tim Allen, "Do you think that my wings are too girly?" That was about the closest. Oh yeah, thing and also got. his his uh, I guess he and he in fact is just a, is an outdated character because he doesn't want to be called a fairy as if there's a negative connotation to the word fairy, which really makes him I don't know right. maybe a worse dictator than Santa Claus. Back to the quotes. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, don't mess with me, Santa. I'm pre El Nino. Uh, <laughs> Aisha Tyler as Mother Nature. No one saw it. Woo! Me and uh, I, 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 me and Tara watched that. And we were like, wait, but what does that mean? Oh, like pre Pangy. Nope, that still doesn't mean anything. What does that mean? What is pre? Nothing, right? I have no idea. Look into my eyes and tell me what you see. It's dark and it's cold. <laughs> yep, it's good. Wish me luck. I got a minivan, a needlepoint sweater. I'll see you in about eight minutes. <laughs> Message. Oh, and this is this is a wrap. Message for the kids: say they shouldn't be naughty, cause Santa knows karate. Bars. Uh, that's a face only a mother would love. I don't have a mom, so I wouldn't know nothing about that. <laughs> Tooth fairy talking about. Uh, I only carry twenty dollars in change. What's up? When they try to shake him down. Uh, cut the chit chat, chat. Love that. Uh, the Toy Story callback, uh, you are a sad, strange little man. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, then, and my favorite line at the end, which is, nothing wrong with a straight line, Chet. <laughs> so, yeah. Which runner-up uh, for America's second favorite category, by the way. Uh, and uh, I just, <laughs> quick note, man, Silly String, very powerful in this in this movie. It's got the weight the wa- <laughs> of something that isn't Silly String, I would say. Also, when they go to trip the one giant toy soldier, mm-hmm. it explodes. I mean, we, it, everyone knows that when you run up on things that seemingly have no screws or hinges on them, you just got to turn your drill on a couple times. It'll fall to pieces. It makes me feel that the elves could have taken back over the lot earlier. <laughs> lot factory earlier. a lot earlier. Yeah. Um, we need to talk about uh, Molly Shannon's uh, appearance oh, in this film. Oh, you mean her, uh, music, her musical that takes place in this film. 
<laughs> Molly Shannon goes on a date with um, Tim Allen, and she's they're at a restaurant, and she breaks into song singing "Man, I Feel Like a Woman," but changes all the lyrics to be Christmassy. Yeah. And um, <laughs> so after after she does it, it's it's hilarious, Molly, because it's so over the top. And his Molly own Shannon and style. his only date outside of the woman he ends up marrying. Which I got some. I have some uh, some questions about that arrangement. Okay. <laughs> Happiest season. Um, looking at you. <laughs> no. So the um, so they get together uh, in the state, and then she does a performance. When she finishes the performance, she sits back down, and she goes, "Oh, you hated it, didn't you?" And he goes, "No, I just you know I wasn't expecting it." And then she. No, he said it scared me. It's yeah. He goes yeah. That's, that's right. where he, he went wrong, me. John. That's when he said he scared me. And then her, and then she says. Um, you know, I, I would put myself out there. <laughs> so I put myself out there and I don't think I can be someone who can't emotionally support me or something like that. It's just from start to finish, she is so over the top and hilarious in the two and a half minutes of screen time she has. She is the one scene uh designer being. We talk about um the uh the different characters that are the other fictional characters that are um uh, in this movie. So you have there's a meeting with Santa Claus. Mother Earth, Father Time, the Easter Bunny, uh, the Sandman. Best best scene uh, in the movie. And the Tooth Fairy? Is that, did of I miss anyone? Not, that's everybody, yep. Okay. Everyone Can from we... the Bible. That's right. Can you explain to me um, why they chose to do the Easter Bunny that way? Because that was frightening. Uh, for, I thought the Easter Bunny was incredible, especially when he was like, ah, love Charlie. Love him. Yeah, that that's funny, but like the way he looked was scary. I, I mean, I think he looked like a bunny. Are you scared of bunnies, John? Uh, I'm not scared of bunnies, no. John, John, I saw the favorite with you, and I remember you left very early. Right. Be honest. And you, know, you and I have not seen Donnie Darko, but that is not related, I swear. Right. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, uh, uh, Kevin Pollock plays... Um, Cupid. Plays Cupid. And what was the line that you... Did, I don't know if you said this uh, on the line. The line that he says is, first of all, that's not even how it works. Otherwise, I would have shot myself in the butt a long time ago, found a nice lady. Uh, what the questions. <laughs> that's right, yeah. And uh, because I think uh, Tim Allen calls him darts at first. Yeah. Pre-El Nino. What is it? Yeah, so Aisha Tyler says she's pre-El Nino, and I can't fathom She's what Mother Nature. I thought it was a Pangea joke. Then I realized that didn't make any sense. I don't know what's happening, and I need to because we're on a podcast about this movie. El Nino is just a weather phenomenon. Oh, like it just means that it's like uh, like a lot of rain. I believe it's like she's a pre-rain. Well, I mean, I would expect Mother Nature to be pre-rain, or <laughs> yeah, the birth of rain. This is complicated already. I, I mean, David Kremholz does not win the award uh, for yeah for for best ethnic hairstyle worn by a white man because it's not an ethnic enough hairstyle. They whitewashed him. They whitewashed Kremholz. They, they, his dreads are smaller, right? No, they're not dreads. They're they're curls. They're curls that that oh, that's right. that they're, would be completely appropriate for a, a not an ethnic person to wear. They're curls, and they're also they seemed smaller to me. They're um, and also, a shorter, yeah. He doesn't get nearly enough screen time in this movie compared to the first one. Well, no, he actually gets all of the stunts because there's a running scene that you actually put me onto. What was it? Hour twenty seven minutes, uh, something like that. Hour twenty two minutes and forty seconds. Got it. Yeah, where they show Kremholtz running from behind, and it is a mess. It's it's as if he doesn't. He's never ran. No, before. it's as if both of his ACLs are turned inside out. <laughs> it is incredible. Out of control. Uh, 
out, out of control. I highly recommend everyone sees at least that scene. Oh, and and the and the, the scene with the Easter Bunny and the and Cupid and all them. Uh yes, and then we need to talk about Comet because I got big Comet energy. I got big you. Chet energy. So you go Comet, I'll go Chet. <laughs> so um, when uh, Tim Allen leaves the North Pole, he takes Comet with him on a solo ride, and um, Comet is like. In the beginning, comments like annoyed because he's like uh, doesn't want to go. He's got like he's got a little bit of an attitude problem. I don't remember was comment the one that was like sassy in the first one. Yeah, and he's the one that gets sick and eats all the stuff. And Chet's the replacement because comments. No, no, no. I'm saying in in the first movie. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so the, when he he takes him to Earth and then um, uh, I guess that would be his stepdaughter. No, it wouldn't be stepdaughter. It's his ex-wife's daughter. Yeah, that's not his child at all. You're right. That's Judd Hirsch so, and his ex-wife's daughter. Well, because she calls him uncle, so in my head I was thinking. Yeah, Uncle Santa Claus, actual, of course. Yeah, uh, Uncle Scott, come on. Uh, Scott Claus. His name is Scott Calvin. Nothing wrong anyway, with so, straight line shot. So uh, he's talking. By the way, the, the comment, the reindeer can't talk and talks a little bit, and then he like makes him stop because he doesn't want to give it any way. But the little girl, Lucy, who's six or seven, oh, she's six. She's uh, she starts feeding candy to Comet, and then we get to a scene later in the movie where Comet is enormous now. It's all something that's just a thousand candies, and who does he blame it on? Reagan, the Reagan administration. No. Oh, I think it was the Reagan administration. Okay. Yeah, it was a trick. Trickle the motherfucker doesn't even make it out the end of the movie like fully healthy. At the end of the movie, he's in the back. <laughs> he's not even riding where the reindeers are. He's in the back like, oh, shit, they got me fucked up back here. Oh, baby, too much well, crunch he was, bars. He was like three times the size. He ate too much candy. That's on him, bro. That's on him. You know that sugar's bad for now, you. Now, John, you tell uh, me that we. Uh, I tried to tell you that your uh, acting spirit animal is Brian Cranston. You rejected it. Is your acting spirit animal now uh, Tim Allen in this movie? Uh, no. Oh, because oh, uh, you're <laughs> not. Oh, because he's a libertarian. You're a Tea Party member. Got you. That's right. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I wear my tri corner hat whenever I can. He went to jail for cocaine. You went to jail for alcohol. Nope. He went to jail for alcohol. You went to jail for alcohol, too. Uh, I didn't go to jail. Um, <laughs> I was uh, I was in a cell, but that's unrelated. <laughs> what? Uh, we're the blackest <laughs> person on this podcast. What? What did you want to say about Chet? Oh, you, if you have big common energy, I have big chat energy because um, I like to run around and not speak in English. Explain Chet. Uh, Chet is the replacement reindeer that can't – he runs like you know like a Scooby-Doo character, someone like getting ready to run but never actually running, <laughs> and is introduced uh, as like the last resort ride that Tim Allen needs to, to basically save the day. And uh, he is just a psychopath of a – think sorry to bother you meets Santa Claus. That is an insane comparison. <laughs> I mean, I think the horse face of it all works out perfectly, but okay. Um, I, I mean, I, I get where you're coming from. I don't necessarily disagree. It's just I never would have thought to make the comparison. Keep a tight perimeter. That's smart. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, other than all the, the one thing that – all right, so it's a little weird. So, I mean, you could tell from pretty much very early on that he's going to get with the principal. Um, but when he uh, – He's courting her. He basically, to make her fall in love with him, he uses magic several times mm-hmm. and then blackmails her into marrying him so that she won't ruin Christmas and then forces her to leave her entire life, which she's established, where she has her own home, she has a great career, to go live in the North Pole with a bunch of elves. That's the problem. 
it's a little bit uh a little rough. Mm, disagree. Uh I think <laughs> A, she got what she deserved. B What's that? What she <laughs> what she deserved is what she got. And well, I'll and I'll, I'll I'll argument. leave it at that, John. Sure. You didn't think that was a little uh, a little off? What? <laughs> oh boy. What's your thoughts about the Sandman? <laughs> uh, I thought he had a lot of insight, but he should have been Asian. I honestly, yeah, of course. I honestly was like um, wondering, uh, like all those characters in that first when they first show up, whether they were gonna come back or be not that they were gonna come back. I thought, oh, this is kind of just like them having fun with this. I didn't realize the Tooth Fairy was gonna play such a pivotal hey, role to the plot. I didn't realize the Tooth Fairy's greatest weakness was uh, an index finger and a thumb on his wing. You only on one of them. Um, yeah, that scene is great. And then I like also when the, the kid. Oh, this is what we need to talk about. So his son is such a piece of shit. <laughs> Big time. He's bitching and complaining that his life is terrible because he can't tell people what his dad does. Like, fucking get over yourself. And also, I mean, his school won't celebrate Christmas outwardly enough. It's, it's insane. It would make any kid spray paint, my teacher hates Christmas. A principal. Oh, sorry. Principal uh, hates Kwanzaa. That's right. But I, I just thought it was just so, like, ridiculous. I don't know. I just didn't like that whole – his whole, like, uh, arc made no sense to me. Mm, yeah. It's not – I mean, they can't all be bulletproof arcs like Judd Hirsch's. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I, I got – I like Neil. I love his sweaters. When he's talking about the sweater that he gives to uh, Tim Allen. He goes, I thought you said you liked that sweater. She goes, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> Did you like the really subtle McDonald's product placement? Yeah, um, I couldn't <laughs> see that logo at all for five consecutive seconds. You know, a lot of times when I get food, I make sure all the logos are facing the same way, just so <laughs> there's no confusion. Mm -hmm. About what I'm eating and then it's Ronald McDonald's? Unbelievable. That That is, I mean, it's just sometimes you see stuff in movies, you're like, okay, guys, we get it. <laughs> You have any other thoughts on the Santa Claus Two? Best product placement of McDonald's since Richie Rich. Oh man, that's uh that one's a little more overt. <laughs> Just a little. When they built a one uh, into his basement. Right? Uh huh. That makes me. Do you know that's uh, about uh, Barbara Streisand? She was like, um, uh, at the point where she got like super famous, she wanted it. She became a little more of a hermit. Because she just couldn't be go out in public without being annoyed, so she had in her house built a mall so she could go shopping. So she, like in like I think it was in the basement of her house where she had like like the stores that she would want to go shopping to for like clothes or bags or whatever. It was just all the shit that she already owned, but there, and she would use that as if she was going shopping. I like that. Isn't that honestly. Fucking insane. I kind of dig that idea. If I had the bread, I would do something pretty much exactly like that. I got. She also, you know, you know what the Streisand effect is? Uh, no. So there was a some some photographer took a photo of her house and she made such a big deal about it uh, that and like it made everyone want to go take a photo of her house. Where if she would have just said nothing about it, it wouldn't have been that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. So they call that the Streisand effect, where you're unintentionally adding more attention uh, to something that you don't want. I would say that. The end of us talking about the Santa Claus 2 has got a bit of a stress end effect to it. Doesn't it? Um, final thoughts. Uh, stream it or skip it, John. I'm going to say stream it.
I'm going to say I, stream it. I think I skipped the first one too. I definitely skipped the first one, and this uh, this is also a stream it because it's the holidays too. As far as Christmas movies goes, this is very very good. As far as you know, uh, I think me and you are concerned. Yeah, and um, get people get excited from a year from now. We'll be doing the Santa Claus Three: oh, The yeah. Escape Clause. We get Martin Short in that bad boy. It's gonna be great. All right, now let's do a little buffer. We are doing the winter season of 2002, and the winter season is, of course, defined as the first day after New Year's week or weekend through the Thursday before the first Friday in March. Matter, this is a very light season. <laughs> yeah, let's start at number 24, State Property, the Beanie Siegel Rockefeller Records production. I mean, and also State Property Records production. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. This little, I'm surprised. This, I'm very surprised yeah. you haven't seen this because this is a, like, Film. No, I have seen it. Oh, oh, I thought you did. Oh, you haven't seen Paper Soldiers. Sorry, that's what it was. Um, what yeah, are, I haven't seen Paper Soldiers. I know. I, I love Unabashedly State Property. What are your thoughts on it? I did. I, I liked it a lot, too. I also saw it in high school, I want to say. Yeah, and we all had to kill a camp. Maybe face. college. Maybe college. Oh, I still I still love Oh, camp. I mean, have you seen Killer Season? Uh, no, I haven't. Cam's, I Cam's is. movie is crazy, and I'm, I ain't talking about Peyton Full. He, he's okay. got another I have seen one. Peyton and Full. <laughs> Um, I didn't realize this movie was in theaters, to be honest. Yeah, dude, Jay-Z is the, is the, Jay-Z and Dame Dash are really, uh, obviously the, the, the guys that they're trying to hide in shadows. Plus their voices are deeply iconic. They are very iconic. Especially oh. Hove. Especially Hove's yeah, bottom was, half of his face, I would say, too. <laughs> this is back when, uh, Damien Dash and Jay-Z were still on good terms. Oh, this was back when <laughs> Damien Dash wasn't on bad terms with the music industry writ large. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I haven't seen this actually since early, you know, early aughts. So this is. I wonder if this holds up. I, I would. I wonder if this is maybe even something we should pot about. Um, but uh, I also don't ever imagine it streaming anywhere. So let's see. Yeah, it's way too like niche, right? Or another word that starts with with N. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> what? <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> Number 20, Slackers. <laughs> Hold on. All right, go ahead. Uh, I have not seen Slackers. Slackers made $5.2 million. Uh, Slackers is is fine. It's one of those, like, college, like, in the vein of, like, a road trip type deal. It's got a young Jason Siegel in it. It's got Devin Sawa. It's got the uh, the tall chick from uh, the 70s, uh, 70s show. Oh, Leslie Jones? No, not Leslie oh. Jones. Uh, the one who plays Donna in that 70s Donna show. Donna Avery, coach of the Bulls. Got it. That's right. Uh, yeah, it's fine. No, no need to watch it. That's definitely a miss. Oh, skip I did not know. I would have thought it was it was something more in the line of like a Clerks or whatever. I didn't realize it wasn't. Uh... It's It's got its moments, but it's, it's not nearly. I think Clerks is way funnier. Number 16 for the season, yes. which made $16 million, is Kung Pao Enter the Fist. This is the C-Lab 2021 of movies. That's not a bad description at nope. all. Uh, this is a very silly movie. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I just remember, is it that the guy wants to be called like Nancy the whole time? He has like he goes by a female name, right? Oh, 
I don't know. That's not even remotely the most silly thing in this movie. I don't remember that. I remember a lot more stuff uh, about I, cows. Also, I remember yes. a lot of stuff. He fights a cow. Yes. There's a kung fu cow. Yes. Um, I wasn't worried about Nancy. Doesn't I might be confusing this with another movie. There's another uh, kung fu kung hustle fu dub movie. Yeah, sometimes I get them confused. I do. I get them confused all the time. Kung Fu Hustle is the good one. This is the funny one. Right. This is the very dumb yes. one. <laughs> um, yeah, this is a movie I remember Like a friend was like all about it, and I watched it with him, and I thought he liked it a lot more than I did. <laughs> well, I, I also think that if you if you catch someone at the right age, they'll think this is the funniest movie they've ever seen. 100%. Yeah. That's, what, that's what happened to me. I probably saw this when I was like 13, and I was like, oh, the peak of comedy genius. Got it. Now, that's probably my thought about the next movie on this list. Uh, for the season number 15, it made $18.4 million, yeah. and that's yeah. Super Troopers. Yeah. What do you say? Yeah. Matt, right now? Yeah. Um, yeah. This is a movie. Just <laughs> great. <laughs> this is a movie I saw in theaters, and uh, I was like, I was touting this to everyone I know you have to go see this movie this is the first I think it might be the first movie I saw twice in theaters I'm jealous that you saw this in theaters I definitely did this is I, I'm 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 jealous of anyone that saw this in theaters because it feels like a cult classic like to me in, in the in the most non-theater sense of it honestly I was uh this is 2002 so I was in yeah I was in eighth grade um ninth grade <laughs> beginning of eighth grade keep guessing I don't care um tenth grade it's either seventh or eighth but let's let's, let's call it first. I went to see it with my friend Jimmy Walsh and my other friend Willow Grady. Those are really middle school names. Billy Walsh oh, is a, is an entourage character. It was Jimmy. Jimmy Walsh is an entourage character. And what's the second thing? What's the second guy's name? Uh, Willow Grady. Willow Grady is an entourage character. That's crazy. Oh, what are they on? Yeah. Um, a lot of long, there's a lot of strong Love Island vibes in that show, huh? Always. Beer Fest what, is the uh, sequel to this movie, and there's a TV show about them as firefighters now. There is. What's it called? Like Rescue Tacoma? Tacoma, Tacoma, Tacoma FD or Tacoma SD or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. SD card. What? Yep. What, what are your Super Trooper thoughts? I love Super Troopers. It's fucking hilarious. Oh, my God. My favorite joke is, oh, biker. I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> it's fa- it's fantastic, and they uh they didn't overdo it like a lot of uh, comedy troops of the time. Um, and I actually, uh, I don't hate Super Troopers 2. Also, shout out. Never watched it. Did you enjoy this over Beer Fest yes. or Beer Fest over there? Uh, uh, this, I think, is a better movie and is funnier than Beer Fest, but Beer Fest is like a bit more of like a communal like experience, so to speak. Interesting. Not, not, I, don't uh, know. I don't know. Maybe that's a bad way of describing it, but there's, there's something I different think, about watching it. I think that Beer Fest is uh, more rewatchable to me. That's Okay, and that's what I'm getting at then. Sure. Okay. I think, I think oh, there's a podcast yeah, about that. Okay. Don't know it. Um, <laughs> uh, number fourteen, which made eighteen point nine million dollars, is Rollerball, starring Chris Klein and LL Cool J. Rolling, rolling, rolling. Have you seen this movie? Now, I this think mo- Rebecca Romaine. This movie again. I'm sad to say, I did see in theaters, and I. Th- oh no! I'm I, th- sorry. I thought it was. I thought it was gonna be great. I was like, well, I mean, I mean, look at this promotional material. What could go wrong? Turns out, I do absolutely everything. I do remember the the trailer for this and seeing that, but I had no interest in going to see it. Yeah. And I can only imagine it's terrible. I mean, this is where your age difference really begins to literally save you money because I'm spending money to see movies like this and Biker Boys because I'm just young and dumb. If I was just a couple years older, I would have not paid money to see uh, Rollerball. Oh, that I seems would, fair. Yeah. 
Um, I got nothing to say about Rollerball. LL. Cool. Love that guy. Yeah, James. Um, Okay, moving up to the number nine movie of the season, which made $37.1 million. Justin Timberlake's directorial debut. You got it. Wait, he directed this? I didn't think so. This is the Britney Spears coming-of-age film, Crossroads. Ah, sorry. I just wasn't ready for you to think I was serious. I just because you said it, I'm like in my head. I'm like that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> what do you know? Uh, what do you know about Crossroads, Niner? I don't care. Answer this question: Glitter, Crossroads, or Sing Street? <laughs> Sing Street. <laughs> That's tough, but yeah, Sing Street. Do you know who the uh, who else is in Crossroads? Uh Britney Spears' best friend, Zoe Zaldana. That's right. Zoe Zaldana. <laughs> Do you know what happens to Zoe Zaldana in this movie? No clue. Did she get an abortion? Oh. Yep. Really? I should say this? Yes. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait, what is the movie about? I Where do you no think idea. they're driving, my dude? Yeah. All right, so this is the this is the prequel to Never, Rarely, Sometimes, Always. <laughs> you got it. What Honestly, what is the movie about? I wasn't being sarcastic. That's the, the whole, whole thing. Time. That's that's it. That's where they're that's where they're going. Oh boy. Oh boy. All right. Well, I'll I'll double check. I don't I don't want to no, be I believe crazy. You. No, I, no, no. I I don't want to be wrong on nah, record. It's fun to be wrong. The plot centers around three teenage girls as they take cross country to find themselves and their friendship in the process. There you go. And directed by Tamara Davis, who directed. Oh. And written by. Wait, isn't Tamara Davis? You seen like, this? Yeah, Shonda Happy, Rhimes wrote this. <laughs> Shonda Rhimes wrote this, and uh, the, ha, uh, Happy Gilmore, uh, Billy Madison, half baked, and CB4 Zone. Yes, exactly. Tamara Davis directed. Hey, this. really crazy. I know. Is Crossroads good? <laughs> no, twenty-seven on Metacritic. Believe the Metacritic. No. <laughs> well, that was a shocking credits list. Also, they're calling this a comedy drama romance. I'm gonna need that Too first category things. to be yeah. I'm, well, the first category is a lie. Um, wow. wow. Yeah, Shonda Rhimes, she out here. I I am, I am in shock, <laughs> stunned. Um, Time named it one of the ten worst chick flicks of all time. So. I'm naming it that too. Time and I'm, time and I'm again. Let's go number to, seven. Let's go to number eight. Okay. For the season, just for. <laughs> the fact that this is a 2002 Arnold Schwarzenegger-led action film, Collateral Damage, which made $40 million. Not One a, of the last. Yeah. After his family is killed by a terrorist act, a firefighter goes in search of the one responsible. Uh-huh. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Any movie where he plays a U.S. citizen, I'm here for. <laughs> it's great. When they, no one notices his accent and then he can't say most Why? words. Why would they? Why this would is America. They this We're very tolerant. America. That man, shortly after this, became a governor. Number seven for this season. All I'm saying, John, is the farther back in our past you go, the more tolerant we get as a country. I've Take always, it away. It's got to be that. That has to be true. Number seven for the season, which made $41 million, is Orange County. Oh, oh. Not are you a fan of this film? I fucking love this movie, yeah. Do you? Yeah, hardcore. I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't uh, sure if this was going to be up your alley or not. Oh, it's all it's up my ass. I'm I'm a, I'm up its ass. Sorry. I love it so much. Too much? I think it was a little too much. Okay. Give you can cut it. Give <laughs> give the people your um 
Oh, Jack Black is uh, Savant. Jack Black is very funny. Co- movie, but I Colin. Like, other than that, it's like. Oh, you don't like this movie? Oh, never tell Tara that. No, I, I like it, but I don't think it's that like that big of a deal. I, I I think you know exactly what category this is going to come in later. How about this that? This is a movie also that's like, um, I you know it. Well, yeah, okay, that's gonna be the category thing. But uh, it's a it's it's short enough that you never never annoys you. For sure. Which is always a big thing for a comedy. This is an MTV movie. Just like Crossroads. That is also an MTV movie. <laughs> yep. Um, two two MTV movies broke the top ten. Number six, A Walk to Remember, the Mandy Moore classic from 2006. Story of two North Carolina teens, Landon Connor and Jamie Sullivan, who are thrown together after Landon gets into trouble and is made to do community service. Uh, never seen it. Yep. Okay. What's number five now? Number five is Big Fat Liar, a movie <laughs> that I really like. Do you know what this movie is? Uh, this is uh, is this Frankie Muniz and um, this is not uh, and versus versus Paul versus Giamatti. Paul Giamatti, yeah. Okay, yes. so I haven't seen this movie, but I know it. You have not seen this movie. I haven't ah, seen it. let's move on to number four. Well, what do you want to say about uh, Big Fat Liar? I I want to say that I'm that I'm pretty sure it's on Disney Plus, and we're going to do a podcast on it. Okay. If we'll you have see. Not, if you have not seen this, <laughs> man. There's, there's some shit in this movie, John. Okay. Uh, number four uh, this season is a movie I've never heard of. Peter Pan 2, Return to Neverland, which made $48.3 million. Now, you think this is the one produced by the Washington football team, right? <laughs> you think it's this is Redskins? Gotta be. Um, they definitely made the original. <laughs> sure. So, in London during World War II, this is the story of Wendy's daughter, Jane, who is kidnapped by Captain Hook, and Peter Pan must come to the rescue. Now, point of order, Nodder, in the first one, Captain Hook dies? No? Dustin Hoffman? He gets eaten by uh, what I want to call an alligator. Could be a crocodile. Oh, I don't know. I don't know that movie that well. You don't know Peter Pan? No, I know that Dustin Hoffman and Robin Williams are in the movie. I just don't know where they end at the end of it. You're thinking of Hook. Jumanji? You're thinking of Hook. This is a classic... Bangarang oh, you're situation. talking about the cartoon. Then I don't even care. You've seen the cartoon. Oh, no, I know. I said I don't care. Nah. Yeah. Peter Pan 2. Is that, was that not clear? Oh. <laughs> I was insulting it the whole time because I find it deeply racist all the way through. Is that not? You, sorry. You think that Peter Pan is deeply racist? The first one has red people. <laughs> yes. Well, the, I don't think the movie Hook is racist, though, is it? It's not. Okay. I'm making my disdain for the original IP. Is Hook upfront. Steven Spielberg? Again, don't care. I know you love Steven Spielberg. Number three? All right, what's number three, Nader? The Count of Monte Cristo. John, what is that? <laughs> now, here's the fun thing about just seeing the name of the County of Monte Cristo. You have to think to yourself, hey, what year is this one? Because it's been made 400 times. But this is the one with Jim Caviezel and Guy Pierce. <laughs> Oh, sick. That's the, I mean, that's the best one that sucks, right? That's the best one that sucks. Yeah. Um, this was directed by Kevin Reynolds. Ugh, and written by Alexandra Dumas. The novel, screenplay was Jay Wolpert, obviously. And you may know uh, Kevin Reynolds from, right, uh, from directing Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, and Waterworld, because he loves Kevin Costner. Holy fuck, Henry Cavill is in this movie. Yeah. I'm, uh, wait, Henry Holy Cav- no, fuck, Cav- Luis Guzman's in this movie. Henry Cavill's Whoa. in it. Jim Caviezel's in it. No, Henry Cavill is in it. I'm not being sarcastic. Really? Look it up. Yes, Luis Guzman and Henry Cavill are in this movie. Well, that's insane. Uh, 
Also, 61 on Metacritic. Lot, lots going on about what I thought this movie was. So, I mean, The County of Monte Cristo is a classic um, story. Yep. And it's been remade into how, how many movies do you think it's been? How many at least four. At least fourteen thousand. If you take take an honest guess of how many film adaptations there's been. Fourteen. He says fourteen. Well, ready for this. Oh, 8, 13, 18, 22, 29, 34, 40, 42, 46, 50, 53, 54, 58, 61, 64, 68, 76, uh, 75, why is that out of order? 82, 86, 86 again, 99, and 2002. That's 23 times, and there's one in production. <laughs> oh, man, I was five off. Huge waste of time. Cut it. It's also been made a numerous amount of times for television as well. I, mean, I gotta say, Henry Cavill looks young in these pictures, but not that young. He still looks like a grown ass man. How old is Henry Cavill in twenty uh, two thousand two? How old is he uh, now? I'm I got you right now. One second, uh, Cavill. All right, so he's an eighty three. Wow, he just look. Yeah, he just looks solid. He so he was like he was like uh, he was like twenty, basically. He's twenty how, when they made this. When was he born? He he was he's born in eighty three. So he was like twenty when they were. Oh made shit! This. Yeah. I would not have guessed he's only a couple years older than me. I know. That's what I'm saying. I thought he was actually a lot older than us, and he looks, man, good for us. Or him. I don't know. What's number two? Number two, the first legitimately great movie on this list. Well, maybe great's high, but it's, it blows out the competition. It's uh, John Q, which made $71.7 million. Uh, this is um, uh, Denzel Washington playing a father whose son can't get a surgery, so he holds a hospital hostage uh, to fight off HMOs. First movie that I literally could not stop myself from crying to. As a young man, I was like, I'm too cool to cry. Fuck this. In the theater, I was like, my eyes are going to explode if I don't let the tears release. Who is this for? I cried uh, like also, baby Eddie Griffin says the single funniest thing I've ever heard anyone say in relation to domestic violence, which is, oh, you must be from the slap tribe. <laughs> Wild. I That's a twofer. About that. That's a twofer. Oh shit. Peter shoot. Pan strangely would be proud. Uh well the original at least. We don't know from the se- sequel. <laughs> yeah. Holy Crazy. Shit. Um, Crazy line. And Haish in that movie plays a really good, like, um bad guy. You know what the first scene is, right? Mm. First scene is a woman who just does that thing when you're driving where you think you can get over uh in front of someone, but actually they're moving a little too fast, and then she dies. It's a great PSA for driving. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all it is. She just tries to switch lanes a little too fast, and it's an 18-wheeler, and she dies. And that heart uh, eventually goes to Denzel's son. Spoiler alert, Eddie Griffin is the man. Um, do you know who directed this movie? Uh, yes, I do. Is you Nick, know why? Because I just clicked it. It's Nick Cassavetes. Nick Cassavetes. The yes. son of John Cassavetes. <laughs> yes. Um, I mean, this is right up his alley. I mean, I don't, I don't know anything else that Nick Cassavetes directed, but... Um, Andrash, not being sarcastic. I'll take your word for it. He's um, in it too. As far as like the Denzel, like, um, so the weird thing about Denzel, right? It's like if you rate like quality movie versus quality performance, this is one of those ones where it's highly more weighted towards performance over quality of movie. Yeah, the movie's borderline not good. But because Denzel is so fucking good from start to finish in this movie, it raises it for me. So this this is like lower. But let's not let's act. Let's not also not act like it's not like incredibly emotionally provoking. Also, the movie oh, you're is. thinking of is, is Alpha Dog. That's his other movie that you've seen. Oh uh, yeah, directed with um with the famous director. Um. Also, uh-oh. sorry. Uh-oh. What's the mo- what's the most famous movie Nick Cassavetes directed? 
Why is he famous for directing what movie, John? Oh, I don't know. The Notebook. Oh, I did know that. I did not. Wow, that's crazy. So that's why everyone thinks he's as good as his father. He's not. His father way better. Yeah. <laughs> his father basically started a genre of film. Uh, yeah. His father is like the reason we have the goddamn uh, Safety Brothers. Whatever. Um, mm-hmm. what's what's what what else did it say? But uh, about John Hugh. Oh, but I was gonna say that um, as far as like Denzel performances. Uh, like I want to say, this is like lower second tier or top third tier. It's like right there. Exactly right. right. I agree. Uh, but uh, yeah, he's he's fantastic in it, and I really just um. It's only essential viewing for Denzel uh, heads. No, yes. no, I was gonna say it's only you only have to watch the movie if you if you love Denzel. Don't watch it for literally any other reason. Like that's the only that's the only reason to watch it. You watch it for him. Otherwise, there's no point. Now, a podcast that we both were fans of when it was running was uh, Denzel Washington is the greatest actor of all time, period. And because of their review of this movie, I wanted to rewatch it because my opinion of John Q was kind of skewed because of Denzel's performance. And when I rewatched it, I'm like, oh, yeah, maybe the, maybe it's not that great of a movie. But Denzel's just so good that, you know, it, it takes away. But you also get good performances from uh, Robert Duvall and Ray Liotta is actually decent in this as a sleazy kind of guy also. Um, Love it. Yeah, he he, no, can't, he can never pull that off. He's so good at it. That's like all he should do, really. Hubie Halloween, he plays the... I mean, it's just like another version of that, just not as sleazy. Don't make me Don't make me go off now, John. You got, you got a Hubie Halloween uh, moment you want to throw out there? More, more so feelings about the company that released the movie. Let's move on. Fair enough. <laughs> not a... We want to do the honors for the number one movie of the season. Obviously, this is Cuba Gooding Jr. and Horatio Sands in the most politically correct movie of all time. You got it. Love Boat. No, this is Snow Dogs, which made oh, $81.1 million. Nader, are you yep. a fan of Snow Dogs? Uh, I'm a fan of Dentistry and okay. Cuba Gooding Jr. and Miami and Dogs. Well, But I'm not a fan of this movie. No, this movie sucks. Uh, this yep. movie is, of course, when a Miami dentist inherits a team of sled dogs. It. He's got to learn the trade or lose his pack to a crusty mountain man. Crusty. Uh, I, I mean, and this is, like, pretty telling if you look at the box office here. Um, two, only three movies in the domestic box office over $50 million. Excuse me. Over $50 million. Um, and... Th- Three of the top four movies were all Walt Disney movies, so obviously the kids take, making their parents take them to the movies was the main theme of this season. How dare you? Now those kids, those kids don't need no man. <laughs> Not our, uh, one thing we do in this show also is we give out awards. You ready yeah. to give out some seasonal awards? I'm absolutely ready. Uh, can I go with my uh, worst title first? Worst title. There's a couple of pretty good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with here. How to Kill Your Neighbor's Dog. Mm. That's the one that jumped out to me. How to Kill Your Neighbor's Dog, the film. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's not bad. Uh, I was thinking of. Oh! <laughs> I was thinking of uh, Ram Das, Fierce Grace, which uh, there's a lot going on with that. And. <laughs> Um, you know what? Also, uh, the Mothman prophecies. I don't. I don't like that name. Okay. Yamakas. You, know you know what? I really. You know what the real worst title is because it's so mm. generic and stupid. It's collateral what? damage. Oh, I thought you were gonna say what time is it there? Because I was like, that's just a question. That's a. That's a good question. Sometimes you need to know different time zones you're traveling. Also, I said Love Boat. That's the wrong Cuba Gooding Jr. Horatio <laughs> Sands joke. What's the right movie? 
No, it's Love Boat. Oh, it's Boat sure? Trip. Boat Trip? Boat Trip. Boat Trip. There you go, yeah. Love Boat is the beloved and actually good TV show. The Love this, Boat. Yeah. This is the mistake that Hollywood made. Right, um, Captain what's, uh, what's the next category, Big Chief? Uh, we're going to go with Shelf Life. Shelf Life. I obviously have Orange County because, like I said, Jack Black is a savant. Uh, no, that's good. Uh, I think that that this that fits perfectly for that category because this is a movie that I definitely didn't see at first because it was kind of like a little bit of an indie film, right? Wasn't it? Uh, yeah. it was it was an MTV movie, right? I was gonna say I don't I don't know how to decide where how where that becomes yeah, super I, famous and not at the same time. I think um, it's well, MTV was like a step above indie but below like major releases. Well, I mean, we're look. I mean, I'm surprised. This is 2000. Two. Two. I'm. I guess I'm. I was gonna say I'm surprised that the Britney Spears movie made 37 million dollars and came in at number nine. But I guess I shouldn't be when I see the movies in front of it. But then I'm looking at the movies and I'm like, I so Orange County beat Britney Spears. Like I, it doesn't even make sense to me. Yeah, I, mean, I know she's at the end of her tether. I know this is like the last year. Like all we have is Poison, and then it's done. But uh, well, I mean, she had she had a couple of comebacks, but um, and, but not in the theater. No, but uh, in Vegas, a lot. That movie made fourteen and a half million in its opening, and then you know, and then it was in theaters till May. So it was a slow trickle to get back. It did thirty nine percent of its uh, money in the opening week. What do you think Zoe Saldana is more proud of? uh, Her turn as Nina Simone or this movie? Um, I honestly think it's Nina Simone. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, I would go with this movie. You think so? This movie's. uh, I've only heard bad things about it. Um, Not that the news one thing has any positive press. <laughs> Took the words literally right out of my mouth. Um, my shelf next? life is yeah. Super Troopers. <laughs> of course it is. Um, and what is your favorite movie of the year, sir? So I'm really at a, a tough situation where I wanted to do favorite and best the same, but mm-hmm. playing by Nada rules, I shouldn't do that. I'm also going to play by Nada rules today too, so don't worry, I won't be a dick about it. All right, so I mean, I will, but for different. You, what, what, what is your, what you do a favorite? Uh, my favorite movie is a uh, Big Fat Liar. Okay. Big Fat Liar, see you on the pod, baby. Okay. This is a problem because there's not a lot of movies to choose from. Sick. Oh no, I don't think Love I have it. a choice. I might have to say Orange County then. Okay. But it's not. It's not real. It's John Q is the answer. It's literally your podcast. You can say whatever you want. All I right. don't care. I gotta, I gotta avoid not a rules to this. This my lack of uh, interest in the films this season. Uh, my favorite and best is John Q. Not a your best oh, movie. Oh shit! Uh, my best movie is Super Troopers. Oh, interesting. I think that is the. Be- I mean, as a comedy goes, I think it's like, again, like just one of the best American comedies. So that's yeah. fair. Um, no love for Monsoon Wedding. No love for Queen of the Damned. Skipped right over it. Yeah. Well. Rest in peace. We gave it a good shot. Now, yep. what do you think about this season, my friend? Uh, I think that, uh, yeah, I mean, Aaliyah dying is definitely the worst thing that happened this season. But <laughs> the movie's coming out pretty close afterwards. Pretty close second. Oh, boy. That is a statement and a half. Okay. Uh-huh. Now, we're going to do some last looks for the people. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. What are you recommending for the streamers to watch? All right, guys, bear with me. I am recommending that you watch on YouTube the uh, 1997 ABC television movie Cinderella, starring Brandy, Whitney Houston, 
uh, an, an incredible cast, Whoopi Goldberg, Victor Garber. The only problem about this movie is that you, uh, the two best Whitney Houston songs, Impossible, obviously, and the other one, uh, are not on there for rights reasons, obviously. Uh, but, you know, listen to them some other way. Um, or I'll just sing it right now. Impossible. No, things are happening every... Oh, fuck my chest. Oh, my God, the ribs. Right, oh, yeah. oh, take, take it away. This seems hurts. Like, I'm out. Seems like a mistake. Pain. Uh, my yeah. my last look is a movie I actually watched earlier today. It's uh, the Cotton Club, specifically the Cotton Club Encore, which is the recut version of the Francis Ford Coppola uh, movie from 1984 that came out last year. It's uh, the stories. It's about uh, obviously the Cotton Club in the, it takes place in the late 20s and early 30s, and it stars Richard Gere, Gregory Hines, Diane Lane, who is just a smoke show in this. And uh, Lynette McKee, who you may remember from uh, Jungle Fever, she's the uh, 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 was his name's his wife that he leaves. But um, she—that's on her. Wrong race. <laughs> well, she, and in this movie, it's, it, because in that movie they talk about um, how she's very light skinned uh, and they have that whole you know that back and forth with all the black women in that uh, group. And tell then, me more. In in this movie, she's taking advantage of the fact that she's very pale skinned so that she can present herself as white in um certain places so in this recut of the movie uh francis ford coppola wanted to make it so that the two storylines between the white guys and the and the black uh, guys are more equal because in the original cut the he was he was pressured into making it more white centric and uh, but the real reason why i think this movie is worth watching is because of the performances there's like full great tap ten, tap dancing performances with Gregory Hines and his brother uh and there and then um sorry Lynette McKee has a solo uh in one song that like blew me away so on those performances alone it's worth it some terrible acting from Nicolas Cage luckily he's not in the whole movie but uh just for the Lynette McKee and the tap dancing I think it's worth it it's fantastic Next week on the stream, or two weeks from now, rather, I say we will be uh, reviewing Blue Streak, which mm. is streaming on Netflix, Burned in Hell, and I uh, hope your stock prices fall. Uh, that would be so that, as, as far as we know, that should be on Netflix in January. And if it ain't, let's just hope the company imploded. And then I guess we'll do Blade. <laughs> Not on Netflix, we won't. <laughs> All right, not her. Yep. Uh, where can the people find us online? You can find us at the stream pod on Instagram, T H E S T R E A M P O D. Yeah, and then if you could do us a favor, rate, review, and subscribe to this show. Tell a friend, tell an enemy, yeah. tell a family member, tell a stranger, tell God Himself, nah, tell Father matter. Time, Cupid, and the Easter Bunny. No matter what John says, only if they're pre El Nino. And you got um, it. That's gonna do it for us this week. Nader, say something funny. No problem. Rate and subscribe to the podcast, but unsubscribe from your Netflix. How about that? We're done. The best thing about singing at Christmas is the Coco, Carolyn, and Vine. You know that one? I know that song. Oh, 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 go totally yuletide. Taking a sleigh ride. Good. Santa shirt and ranger skirts. Mm-hmm. Oh, 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 oh. Hey. Watching the windows fog, drinking some eggnog. That's good. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Fill up a stocking. I spray on some flocking. Oh. Put up a tree. Free. Sports on TV. <sighs> I want to be free yet yeah, to feel the way I feel. Eh, eh.